when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Like that, the Eagles season comes to a close with a 31 to 15 loss at the hands of Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Welcome to the Jacob Media post game show with myself, Mark Farzetta, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney. Welcome in on the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well as 6abc.com. We are presented exclusively by the great people of Ocean Casino Resort. Get your tickets right now for Tracy Morgan live on stage July 16th. At Ovation Hall at Ocean Casino, book it now and go for the live shows. Go for the win. Unfortunately, the Eagles did not really go for the win today. An abysmal, embarrassing performance as the uh, cliche <coughs> about somebody maybe playing chess and somebody else maybe playing checkers, maybe the varsity versus the freshman. That's kind of what this game felt like in the early goings and kind of dragged on into the third quarter before the Eagles got some garbage time points, Gunner, in this game. But I thought, Devin, throughout this game, Eagles outclassed, outmanned, outcoached, outplayed, did not even look like they belonged on the same football field as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A very extremely, actually, extremely disappointing end to this Eagles season. Did you honestly think the Eagles were going to win this game? Don't care about it. I thought they were going to win. I did yeah. not expect them to uh -huh. win. I expected uh -huh. them to show up. They didn't even right, show right. up. Well, no, they, they showed up. But what you saw was a classic case of a veteran team, a veteran coaching staff, hmm. playing a team with inexperience and inexperienced coaching staff Pulling in a lot of them. ways. Okay, so you not on people going into this game kept talking about how you're playing Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. No, you were playing Bruce Arians. You were playing Todd Bowles. You were playing Byron Leftwich. You're basically playing three head coaches and probably the greatest quarterback of all time compared to a young developing quarterback, a first-time head coach, and two coordinators who were learning on the job. And when they compiled this 9-8 and eight records, we didn't make light of it because we kept saying, hey, look, they won those games they wish mm -hmm. they were supposed to win. We'd be trashing them had they lost to the Jets, to the Giants, to Washington. They won those games. It's all a part of the learning process. They were outmanned. They were outmaneuvered every step of the way. When the, when the coin toss came, I'm sitting there thinking, if the Eagles win the coin toss, please take the ball. Do not defer until the second half. Lo and behold, they win the coin toss. They give the ball right out of the gate to Tom Brady. And what does he do? Go down the field in 12 plays in five minutes and put seven in the end zone. 
And that completely alters what you want to do because even though you have the first 15 plays scripted, you've got to deviate from the norm a little bit because you know who you're playing and where you're playing. And then all of a sudden, it's 14 nothing, It's 17 nothing, It's 31 nothing. Now, what are you going to do at that point? You have to abandon what got you this far. You know, first of all, kudos to the Eagles for just getting into the playoffs. And if you remember, I said, no matter what happens, this is valuable experience for a lot of people in that Eagles organization, from coaches to players, in terms of how to make that transition from the preseason to the regular season. And the postseason is a much different beast compared to the regular season. And lo and behold, the Eagles inexperienced in all phases you could imagine showed in this particular game against the defending Super Bowl champions. I didn't think the Eagles would fall behind 31-0. I thought okay. the game would be a little bit more competitive <laughs> there than we that. we go. <laughs> a little bit more competitive than that. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is they're going to lick their wounds. There will be players that won't be back, i.e., hopefully Jalen Rager, Derek oh, Barnett, just to name Man. a few. Oof. And Jalen Hurts has a lot of work. Jalen Hurts missed way too many receivers yeah. today in the passing game. Mm -hmm. But Bruce uh, Todd Bowles called the exact game I thought he was going to call. Mm -hmm. He's going to blitz. He's going to blitz again, and he's going to keep blitzing. And even though he didn't get to Jalen Hurts five, six, seven times, he made Jalen Hurts do some things he didn't want to do. And that was a huge difference in this game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was, you know, we didn't go into this game. I was a realist about it. I didn't think the Eagles were going to win. Honestly, if they won, I don't know. Philly might have burned down in a good way. Like, that <laughs> that would have been insane. Uh, I just didn't want them to embarrass us, and they did embarrass us. And shout out to D-Gun, because once again in the first half, I'm texting him, you know, like, what's going on? This is terrible. I'm not having a good time right now. And Dion, like, he's pretty positive. He's like, I mean, we know how this team has played in the first half, and we discussed right. that. And, Mark, I know your thoughts on them not playing their starters against the Cowboys and that kind yeah. of probably helping them out in terms of starting slow. And this game, I don't even know if it was a slow start because it never picked up. It never got faster. Um, so, yeah, they were – out coached, they were playing against the GOAT, Tom Brady, the defending Super Bowl champions, and they were outmatched, but I think they could have made it a much more even and competitive game had not just Jalen Hurts, because yes, he didn't play well, and I'm already seeing the comments, and I'm already dreading the ensuing quarterback discussion that's going to go on probably until August, until mm -hmm. next season starts, and probably through next season, um, but no, no one was good. Jalen Rager, Jalen Hurts, no one was playing well. I think there are a few bright spots that we can get into later. I feel like no one really wants the positivity right now. Maybe at the end of the oh, show, yeah. I'll talk yeah, about no, that. Yeah, no, uh, closing arguments, closing arguments. Right, right. But for my opening statement, you know, all I wanted was to not be embarrassed, and the Eagles really embarrassed me. So See, That's the thing. You, look, we all said at the end of last week, okay, the, you know, the things change when you get into the playoffs. And I, I, not one of us, when we, looked, when we went around it and talked about play, possibly playing the Buccaneers and all that, not one of us said, oh, well, the Eagles got that game. Like, there was nobody looking at this game with, you know, Disney-colored glasses or rose-colored glasses. Everyone kind of expected to see the Eagles lose this game. I did not, Gunner, to your point, did not expect 31 to nothing. I didn't expect Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians to be toying with this coaching staff and their play calling as much and as well as they were in the first quarter of this game in particular. And I, I point to one play where I thought, we're in for a long day. And the Eagles ran on a third and two. They ran a read option, I believe it was with Miles Sanders and, of course, Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts held the ball in the mesh point for about two seconds. 
which is about a second and a half longer than it's supposed to be because he was reading the end and he was also reading the linebacker coming up, rushing the quarterback, rushing the play, trying to make a stop. And both were covered. They ended up taking a big loss on the play. They didn't end up converting, obviously, and ended up putting the ball away. And I think that was right before Sipos had his first shank of the day because he had another terrible game. But that was a play that I looked at and just said, they're just toying with the Eagles. They just they, they know their playbook inside and out already. And it was very obvious what they were doing from Jump Street. They stacked the box. Eight men were in there constantly, sometimes nine. Eagles played into that at some points, having two tight ends, both in bunch coverage, coming at the line of scrimmage, standing at the line of scrimmage when they were starting off their play, which only played into what the Bucs wanted them to do to begin with. And the Bucs consistently said, go ahead and beat us with Jalen Hurts. We double dog dare you to beat us with Jalen Hurts throwing the football because you weren't going to win. With that many uh, that many men in the box against Miles Sanders or Boston Scott or Kenny Gainwell or anybody, or even Jalen Hurts going up there with read option plays or even design runs for the quarterback. They were making you throw the ball, and the Eagles played right into those hands, making every throw from Jalen Hurts, if he did throw the football, to be within five yards of the line of scrimmage and then simply running out of the backfield. When I watched that happen, it was the chess and not checkers, varsity versus freshman, outmanned, uh, whatever you want to call it, the the, the puppeteer, the the, the marionette. That's what it felt like when I was watching Todd Bowles attack Nick Sirianni's offense. And, Gunner, when you said earlier that you're basically going up against three head coaches when you're facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching staff, it got me thinking a little bit here. And this crept into my brain a little bit during the game. We might be looking back on this game, and Nick Sirianni might be the fourth best head, uh, fourth, fourth best head coach going into next year that was coaching in this game because Jonathan Gannon's defense actually played an okay game. They were actually all right going up against the best ever in Tom Brady, going up against the Bruce Arians offense, going up against the Bruce Arians offense that, yes, was down a lot of players, but still the guys that they had out there are still some pretty dominant players, especially when you talk about Mike Evans or Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady himself. I I, I look at Jonathan Gannon as a guy that might be getting a head coaching job next year, and if he's actually a better head coach than he is a defensive coordinator, which shouldn't be that hard, uh, then you're looking at Nick Sirianni as a guy that might be the fourth best head coach that was involved in this game today. Um. The Eagles' defense played well once it settled in, but by then it was already fourteen nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it took. I can them take too a fourteen nothing lead in the first yeah. quarter against Tom Brady. Yeah, sure. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it took him a little while. Uh, I, I said on a couple of other. I said on ninety-seven point five earlier today. Um, I, you know, all this scuttlebutt about Jonathan Gannon being considered for head coaching jobs. If somebody would hire Jonathan Gannon based on his performance in two thousand twenty-one that GM would probably get fired real quick. Now, Jonathan Gannon, I don't think, is a head coach right now. And that's not a knock against Jonathan Gannon. That's what I would consider an accurate assessment. I need to see a better body of work from Jonathan Gannon, meaning now that the Eagles have all this cap space, Howie Roseman, we've talked about how he does a better job of bringing in free agents more so than he does drafting. So with all this cap space now, fix some of the pieces on defense. Maybe draft to use two or three of those draft picks to add to the defense to make it younger and stronger. Then I want to see what Jonathan Gannon does with a better complement of defensive players in 2022. If he improves significantly, okay, then let's realistically talk about Jonathan Gannon possibly being a head coach. But I don't think anybody will hire Jonathan Gannon right now as a head coach in the National Football League. That would be committing professional suicide right now based on what we've seen. Mm-hmm. 
I don't, I mean, John McMullen, I, I'm curious to get his thoughts on that. Cause we know like, he's a big fan of Jonathan Gannon and I'm, and I've asked him about, about the uh, head coaching interviews he's taking. And uh, a lot of people seem to think that Gannon will get, de- will get a head coaching job maybe in Minnesota. I don't know. Honestly, I would personally be, I don't want to say ecstatic, but if he left, I'd be like, oh, okay. that's fine. No, but I, I think today's game was the opposite of what I at least expected it to be going into it. I was not that worried about our offense. I said, if we, you know, capitalize on the run, we could, we could hold our own offensively. I was so worried about defense and it kind of flipped because I believe we got to Tom Brady at least four times. Uh, and I was not expecting that whatsoever. Uh, I would have liked to see, you know, more picks and not five picks for us in Jalen Hurts. Um, but I still don't think that makes me a fan or want to hold on to Jonathan Gannon. I, I'm just, he didn't do it for me this season. The passive defense just isn't working for me. So, Mm -hmm. and I agree with you. I think we should get young defensive talent. I think everyone's on that, on that page. Like if the Eagles do walk away with three first round picks in terms of walking away with actually selecting three players in the first round, I think we all want them to be defensive players. I still doubt that the Eagles actually make three selections in the first round. I still think they trade back, but, um, one of the things that I will look at in this game, and I know we were all doing it throughout, and we haven't even really gotten into it too much, but this was an epic fail of a game for Jalen Hurts. I mean, it really was. And I'm a guy, we've all been rooting for the guy all season long, and we hope he's the guy for the foreseeable future. But if you're evaluating a quarterback right now, if you're Howie Roseman, if you're Jeffrey Lurie, and I know people go, oh, the owner shouldn't be evaluating. Well, he's the owner, so he kind of gets to. Uh, if you're even Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts himself a self-evaluation. This isn't a game that you want to watch too many times as uh, something you're going to take notes out of from like a positive standpoint. It, this was a, a a low light reel, if you will, for Jalen Hurts. And it wasn't even just mm-hmm. the interceptions. It was missed targets. I, I know the people that are quarterback coddlers will point to a Dallas Goddard drop, a, a Jason Kelsey holding penalty that was an awful call, but still a call nonetheless. You'll look throughout this game and you'll look at Jalen Hurts and try to defend him. I don't see how, really how you can. This was an awful game by Jalen Hurts. I can say that and still look at the future and go, you know what? I don't know about this draft either. I don't know if I want the Eagles using a first-round pick to go get any of these quarterbacks that will be available in the draft. Hey, you want to bring in Aaron Rodgers? He wants to play here? Sure, let's make it happen. Let's see if, let's see if that really comes to fruition. Russell Wilson says he wants to weigh his options. Okay, uh, let's be patient on that one. Deshaun Watson, whatever it might be in free agency or trade. I still look at this free agency class as the actual number one threat to Jalen Hurts actually not being the starting quarterback next year. This was not a step forward for him at all. He had been taking steps forward throughout the, uh, the throughout the entire season, but this game, this was a giant step backwards for Jalen Hurts. This was the worst game we have seen him play by far uh, in the biggest stage, no doubt, maybe since that Giants game. Well, you have to take into consideration who he was playing. Sure, I mean, of course. You know, you got to take into consideration number one, he had never been in a playoff scenario, neither had a lot of the guys on that team. And oh, lo and behold, you know, we talked about how Tampa Bay was a banged up team, but all of a sudden they get Levante David back, they get Shaq Barrett back, Jason Pierre Paul comes back and plays with a torn rotator cuff. But I think the dig- biggest di- uh, amount of disrespect was Tampa Bay came out and stacked a line of scrimmage and dared you to try to be. They told you, you're not running the football on us. I thought one of the more telling tales during the broadcast was when uh, Trankman mentioned that uh, Todd Bowles had told him during the week that we're not afraid of the Eagles' run game, and sure enough. Now, a lot of people were saying, and I said it uh, 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 earlier today, the Eagles had a great measure of success against the number one 
the number five and the number six run defenses in the National Football League. Tampa Bay's run defense was number three. But it's a much different problem with Tampa Bay's defense because of the scheme that Todd Bowles plays. And sure enough, a smart quarterback and a smart coaching staff would have said, wait a minute, you're going to stack the line of scrimmage against me and disrespect me like that? Okay, we're going to throw the ball. We're going to catch them in isolated coverage. We're going to throw, throw the ball on them and loosen them up early. Nick Sirianni didn't do it. He kept trying to run the football. You know what? You got eight men stacked in the box. You got to trust these wide receivers. They can wiggle free or you're tied in. You know, and he didn't do it. And a few times they tried to do it, Jalen Hurts overthrew him. So Jalen Hurts, he felt that pressure from the Tampa Bay defense. He knew it was coming, and he failed. He failed to execute in a lot of ways. But this team failed to execute. When they did get big plays and long drives, all of a sudden, a holding penalty negated that play. And then Jalen Hurts on one play saw a ghost, Devontae Smith, and he, he thought he was wide open in the end zone, which he was, but he held the ball about two seconds too long. Safety comes over, makes a great interception on the play. You know, this is all part of the learning process. You know, you got to learn. You got to grow. You We talk about you have to learn how to win at various stages of this game before you actually win. Now, this team learned how to bounce back and win games they were supposed to win to put themselves in a playoff position. Now, Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff and the players have seen what happens when you play much better competition in a post-game environment because Tampa Bay – Right now, still king of the hill until somebody knocks them off that pedestal, and they played like it today. Yeah, I mean, I think a theme that we've talked about all season long on this show is how impressed we are with Jalen Hurts' mentality and how he rarely seems to get rattled. He seemed overwhelmed today. He definitely seemed overwhelmed, and yeah, he played terribly. And and like I mentioned, you know, Mark, you say we all are in agreement that the Eagles need to draft young defensive talent. And while that's true, I'm also, you know, thinking that now I'm even seeing people in the comments right now saying that we need to draft a quarterback. Um, I, I don't know if I fully agree with that. I think that if anything, this was a good experience for Jalen Hurts, but he was not on it today. But he also didn't get any help. Like even our O-line, that's been incredible, not just with the penalties. Uh, it seemed like he was throwing late. He was inaccurate. He was seeing ghosts. He was throwing picks. And it was just messy. But I think do think it was a whole team effort in terms of being pretty terrible. All around. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, I look at this game and I don't look at one person and go, oh, if this guy right. wasn't terrible today, then the Eagles yeah. would have won. It was a whole wide variety. But Jalen Hurts mm -hmm. is the quarterback. He does play the most important position in all of sports, especially in the city of Philadelphia, quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. And this bottom line, regard, I mean, yes, who he was playing against and Todd Bowles and what they were able to do against the Kansas City Chiefs a year ago in the Super Bowl. Okay. 23-year-old quarterback making his first playoff start, just got through his first year of uh, being a starting quarterback in the NFL. All that you take into consideration in time, and you say to yourself, how good is this guy? How good will he be? Try to project his future. I, I hope the Eagles give him another year. I still am – I am I would still take Jalen Hurts for another year. And yeah. that goes – and I'm not going to let one game dictate otherwise. I'm going to evaluate his entire year and watch the progression that he had throughout the season. But even with that being said, both things can be true. You can look at Jalen Hurts and say, I still think he has a future in this league, and then acknowledge how bad he was today against a pretty damn good opponent. Uh, Gunner, you referenced all the people that came back for this game. You referenced Todd Bowles being a great defensive coordinator, how he'll most likely be a head coach next year. I'm shocked he got passed over last year. And then this year I'd be just I'd be dumbfounded, flat out dumbfounded if he didn't get a job as a head coach going into next season. But bottom line is Jalen Hurts failed today. 
And this was a game that he shouldn't have failed as nearly as bad as he did, unfortunately. So even if you're the biggest Jalen Hurts fan, you have to acknowledge this was a terrible game today. Yet, by a 23-year-old quarterback that uh, was just completed his first year as a starter in the NFL. The fact that he helped this team get to this point, I think, is what will carry him through next season to see if he can get this team in an even better position to win in the playoffs. Jalen Hurts just definitely deserves a share of the blame. And a lot of people are going to look at him first and foremost for what he didn't do. But this was a total team loss. You know, when you look at how, you know, I look at Jason Kelsey, who is one of the best centers in the game today. He got manhandled by Vita Vita, by Vita Vita. Uh, and, and there's nothing Vita wrong with it. Vita Vita. Yeah, yeah. Close I got enough. it. I got it. I got it. Whatever his name is. But you look at that guy has manhandled a lot of centers in the National Football League. Okay, so, you know, it starts there. The way Tampa Bay was able to collapse that pocket, you know, did Jalen miss targets? Absolutely. The offensive line as a whole couldn't establish a running game. That was their bread and butter to get this far. The defense couldn't make the necessary stops when they had to early on in the game to keep it a more manageable game. And even though it was 17 nothing at halftime, it was still manageable. But the defense didn't get off the field when it had to at times, okay? I mean, it, it was a total collapse, you know. The punter shanking punts. It, 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 everybody, everybody, raise your hands in this regard. The coaching staff got out coached, you know. And I know we always talk about quarterbacks get too many accolades when you win, and they get too much of the blame when you lose. That's going to be Jalen Hurts' case. He definitely deserves his share of the blame. But man, when you talk about the when you use the word collapse, this was a collapse by the entire team, coaching staff on down to the last man on the roster. No question about it. Mm-hmm. certainly how it felt watching this game unfold and I don't know if there was a specific play that jumped out to you guys I go back to like I mentioned earlier the read option play on the third and two where they just had that perfectly covered but as this game went on uh, especially in the late goings of the second quarter and you're thinking to yourself Devontae Smith is active tonight right like he or today right mm-hmm. he is he's on the field and as many times as you saw eight guys in the box for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Absolutely. you're thinking Okay, so one of these is going to go to Devontae Smith. If they're telling you as an offense, yeah, go ahead and beat us with Jalen Hurts. Let's see what you got, all right? We're not worried about the run game. We know we can stop that. Let's see what your quarterback's got. Let's see if he can beat us with his arm today. That's Tampa Bay's mentality going into the game, which was obvious with the way the game played out. But not one time when you were watching or looking at eight men in the box, you thought, all right, let's get Devontae Smith the ball. That took what, what, the three-minute mark of the second quarter? to try to get him a football, to try to get him a play. The one was actually negated simply because there was a penalty on that same play. So he ended up not even getting a target in his first actual target of the game. But as that whole game plan was playing out, you didn't think to yourself once, let me make sure I get the ball to Devontae Smith. If they're going to take away the run the way they're taking away the run, you don't go to your best wide receiver at any point? Mm-hmm. See, that's my that's my point. They didn't, they didn't counter what Tampa was throwing at him. You stack the box against the likes of a Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Watch what'll happen. They'll torture. And I'm not. I'm not about to put Jalen Hurts in the same category as those quarterbacks. But that's part of the learning process from a coach to recognize that and translate it to the quarterback to recognize that as well. You're going to stack the box against me? Okay. All right. Here's what I got for you. They didn't counter quick enough to to get keep the momentum in their favor. They kept trying to run it. Kept trying to run it. Kept trying to run it. And it wasn't working. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, you look up, you're down two scores. Now, when you're down two scores, even though it's still in the first half, it brings you out of your game because you're trying to play catch up to get some momentum back in your favor. Mm -hmm. And they just couldn't do it at that point. 
Uh, yeah, but if you go ahead, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. you just bring up a good point. And, you know, I'm not going to say this as a defense of our performance today, but almost more of an example of how it really was a whole team effort. But in terms of like losing, because the Devonte catch, once he finally was a target at the end of the first half, then that's brought back by a penalty. And then, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard had what a 30 yard catch and run yep. that was brought back because of a penalty. I think. Yep. Had we not killed ourselves with those, and it, some of them were on guys like Jason Kelsey, you know, it's not mm -hmm. the usual suspects. We we could be having a very different conversation right now. So I do think, you know, as much as we want to pin the blame on Sirianni, on Hurts, on specific people, then you also have to consider that these mistakes and also just bad luck were a factor in the loss as well. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Jason Kelsey has been called for what, maybe one holding penalty the entire season. Right. Yeah. When you look at who that man's going against, you got a Brahma Bulldog, that dude. I mean, it's like, what are you gonna do? What do you do with him? I mean, there were times they show isolation. As soon as Kelsey snapped the ball, he's he's on one leg this way, he's yeah. on one leg this way. That man is like a man and a half that he's going across. And that's one of the strengths of Tampa Bay's defense. They are stout in the middle of that defense. And they force you to do some certain certain things that you don't want to do. If you're an inside running team, you're not going to have a lot of success running the ball inside against Tampa Bay's defense. If you want to be an outside running team, Tampa Bay has one of the fastest defensive fronts in the NFL, sideline to sideline. So you got to pick, pick and choose your poison against this team. And you know, a lot of times it doesn't work. Now we have seen teams that have been able to find a way to beat Tampa, but you have to pick and choose your poison against this team. They are so well coached. They are so disciplined in so many areas. Now they do. They are suspect in the pass game in the back end, and the Eagles had their chances. They didn't take care uh, care of business, and when they did, penalties negated it. And so that's why I said a few moments ago, Jalen Hurts will get a lot of credit uh, for what did not happen, but this was a total team collapse: mental mistakes, physical mistakes, and being out coached. You know what? Except Ryan Kerrigan. Man, he was great today. That Ryan <laughs> Kerrigan guy. He was the he one guy I thought was going to show up. <laughs> Kerrigan, Kerrigan waited until the playoffs to decide to show up to the Philadelphia Eagles, and I like, love that for him. I was thinking, Gunnar, we'll get into this a little bit later, but in all in all seriousness, with Josh Sweat not playing DN, was Ryan Kerrigan like elevated to that spot today? Did he get to yes. just rush the quarterback as many times? That's what it looked like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes. So why didn't yes. we why did the Eagles use Ryan Kerrigan a little bit more like that throughout the season? And then once, once uh, Tampa Bay's tackle, uh, Tristan Wirfs, went out, mm, yeah. that's all of a sudden when Kerrigan uh, decided to bull rush the backup guy who was playing injured as well. Mm -hmm. You know, So Kerrigan did what he had to do. You know, I'm looking at his stats for the entire season. He had three tackles in 16 games this year. Three tackles. What did he have today? What did he end up with today? <laughs> he had two quarterback sacks. I know that. So <laughs> he almost had as many QB sacks today as he had tackles the entire regular season. That, that's so he did show sense. up. You know, he did show up and play a decent game today. But, you know, he, he's another guy I don't expect to be back again in 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, go figure. All right. We're going to be back in a second with some more of our observations from this game. Eagles again lose 31-15. to 15. Their season is over. Tampa Bay Buccaneers survive and advance. We do want to tell you how great the, the people of Stateside Vodka are. Don't forget about Stateside Vodka. Try the new Surfside Tea. By Stateside Vodka. See the scroll below and use the code Jacob for 15% off the very popular Stateside Vodka soda as well. Go to statesidevodka.com. That's statesidevodka.com. More live post game show when we return.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live post-game show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Welcome back, live post-game show on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, as well as 6abc.com. Mark Farzetta, Devin Kinney, Derek Gunn with you. And we are exclusively presented by Ocean Casino Resort. Get your tickets right now for Tracy Morgan, live on stage July 16th at Ovation Hall at Ocean Casino. Book it now. Go for the live shows. Go for the win. We can spread out blame a lot throughout this game. We can talk about the steps back, certainly from Jalen Rager, absolutely from Jalen Hurts. Devontae Smith continues to be an enigma for me, not him personally, but the coaching staff and the quarterback. We got into this briefly in the opening segment. Why is it so difficult? How is it so difficult to get somebody who is unquestionably your best wide receiver and really should be your most targeted guy other than Dallas Goddard, just because Dallas Goddard is pretty damn good too. But as far as wide receivers go, why is it so difficult if we're sitting at home, Gunnar, Devin, watching this, people in the comments know this as well. If you people are sitting at home and you're watching this game and you constantly see Todd Bowles try to stop the run, why is it so difficult to be able to get your best wide receiver into the game for him to, for him to have 
any type of impact on it in the early goings when the Eagles are still trying to fight and claw their way into this game? I think uh, you when you consider how much single coverage Devontae Smith had, I thought they would double him up a lot. But considering how much single coverage he has, for me, it's the coaching staff's inability to identify that type of matchup. They should have been able to identify that a lot sooner. Not just the head coach, but you have other eyes and ears watching from above as well. You should have been able to identify that and exploit it. You know, the the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary, they were down one starting corner. Uh, The other starting corner was playing banged up a little bit. And they were giving you one-on-one coverage because they were only playing a single high safety in the game. So the fact that you didn't take take advantage of that, and I can't emphasize it enough, you didn't take advantage of that earlier in the game. You know, when your star receiver doesn't even get a look the entire first quarter, not until well into the second quarter, that's a problem. That's inexperience from a coaching staff. And when Nick Sirianni sits back and look at, look at the game field, if he's totally honest with himself about how this game played itself out, he'll, he'll recognize that right away and say, doggone it. Why didn't I do this a little bit differently early on? Who knows what the outcome would have been? Who knows how the momentum would have shifted in his favor had he had Devonta Smith to make a big play? Because as we saw, you throw it in Devonta Smith's range, he's going to get it. He's going to get it. That two-point conversion catch he had was unbelievable. Jeez, you know, was, yeah. And, and, and the fact that you didn't go to him a lot more, you know, I don't care how many times you double up a, a frontline receiver, a top quarterback is going to find a way to get him the ball. A coaching staff is going to find a way to get him the ball. And, and while we're on the subject of the passing game, if I ever see the Eagles uh, try another uh, hitch pass to a wide receiver, again, it'll be too soon. I mean, that's, this is one of the few teams in the league that can't run a hitch pass, you know, worth a, worth a darn mm-hmm. early on in the game. Now it was successful later, later because okay. the 49ers basically called off the dogs and let the Eagles back in the game. They can't run an effective hitch pass to save their lives. Is, are you most notably talking about the fourth and ten to Jalen Rager? Yes, that was yeah. That's why. That's but why, also, I, you're why going. I go to Jalen Rager right. on fourth and ten, <laughs> and, and it's not just this game. It's been throughout the season a theme. Oh, clutch time! Let's go to Jalen Rager, the least reliable player on the team. And, and here's the thing: I think Jalen Rager was pretty early in the read there. Unfortunately, like I know somebody came to me on Twitter, actually said respectfully, which I appreciate, but said, "Oh, you don't know the progressions. You don't know the route and anything like that." Well, I definitely know the route because I was watching the route. But as far as the progression, when he got to the top of his drop back, went to Jalen Rager, like it was clockwork. Like that was supposed to be the play. And that's where he decided to go with it. Either that was what Nick Sirianni called or that was just the decision made by the quarterback. Whatever it was, I thought it was a poorly thrown ball by Jalen Hurts, another miss from him. And then it wasn't exactly a crisp hitch route either from Jalen Rager on that particular play. So again, we go back to, why not go to Devontae Smith? Even if you have a quarterback that is having an off day, that is just wildly inaccurate. And even for Jalen Hurts' status, and I've been critical of this guy all year, this was a horribly inaccurate day for Jalen Hurts. Why not put yourself, if you're the quarterback, in the best possible position, if your coach isn't doing it, then to look onto the field for your best wide receiver? He was doing it certainly enough in the early goings of this game with uh, Dallas Goddard. And again, Dallas Goddard had a really bad drop on a play that he could have taken for at least 40 yards, it seemed like, because there was when they did the high cable cam, there was nobody down the field on him. Why not go to Dallas Goddard like that again? Why not go to Devontae Smith continuously throughout this game? There was a crossing pattern that Devontae Smith ran that he was wide open for, and Troy Aikman even pointed it out on the broadcast. I'm looking at it, and I don't, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not the game, so we're not there seeing the whole field. And I'm thinking, was there a safety over the top? Why wouldn't Jalen Hurts go 
to uh, Devontae Smith on that play, and it was in the second quarter, and he was, in fact, wide open, and Troy Aikman then went to it on the next replay, saying this is the throw right here that Devontae Smith, or excuse me, that Jalen Hurts has to make to Devontae Smith because there was nobody in front of him down the field. So one was a drop, Dallas Goddard. I get it. Okay. Next was just an awful read by uh, by uh, uh, Jalen Hurts that continuously happened throughout this game. On the biggest stage, he had his worst game. Um, we're going to sit back and analyze this game forever. For oh, yeah, we got for, six months. And that, that's for, the unfortunate part, because what a game to have to yeah. sit back and analyze for yes. the entire offseason. And I think the Eagles um, coaching staff will be honest and tell you they have a lot of work to do. There's much work to be done, but they learn. This is a learning tool. This is a valuable learning tool against the best team in pro football right now. Hopefully they bounce back big from this. And that's really what you want to see. Look, I, I am still, and I will say this throughout the show today. I'm still I, like my, my, my plan hasn't deviated from what it was going into this game. If I was the guy making decisions for the Eagles, like I still don't look at this draft and go, definitely this guy will be my starter over Jalen hurts next year. Like I don't see one guy in the draft that I go, Oh, absolutely. That guy, like that hasn't changed. The fact that Jalen Hurts is 23, the fact that this was his first playoff start, the fact that it's his first time as a starting quarterback, this team is even in the playoffs is something worth bragging about. But he can't mm-hmm. deny the fact that he came up small. He can't, he can't, didn't come up small enough for me that, oh, yeah, this guy just sucks. He can't play. I'm moving on already. One of those first <laughs> uh, three-round uh, first uh, first round picks has to be used on a quarterback. I- I'm still not there yet. But, however, if you are in the school of being able to bring in or in the uh, opportunity to bring in – Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, then yes, you have my attention. But as far as if you're going to go a young quarterback, if you're going to try to still build with this team, I'm still going to try to build with Jalen Hurts for next year. Next year will be the prove it year. And I think the Eagles will still end up going that direction because I don't think they're going to look at this, this draft right now and try to reach for a quarterback, which is what it seems like a lot of teams could be doing in this upcoming draft. And what a lot of people, the draft experts, if you say, uh, they will be the guys looking at this draft going, if you're taking a quarterback to be your franchise guy starting next year, you're reaching for a guy when you look at this draft because nobody really looks like the clear-cut number one, number two, number three overall pick coming up in this year's draft. Yeah, you have to be very cautious about uh, wanting to use one of your first-round picks on a quarterback. When you look at, um, for every Josh Allen uh, that, that has now become a star, uh, Justin Herbert. There's a whole lot of Sam Rosen, Sam Darnolds, um, uh, Dwayne Haskins that you have to be careful of. A lot of teams have missed on quarterbacks in the first round. And because there's no legitimate Trevor Lawrence in this particular draft, um, you're going to really have to sit back and analyze what you want to do with that. If you want to bring in a veteran quarterback, how many first round picks are you willing to give up to do so? Which also means you're going to neglect building through the youth movement at another strategic position because I've said it once, I've said it twice, I'll I'll say it again. You need to get a young, fresh, stud defensive end. You need to finally address the linebacking situation, something this organization has neglected for years. And you do need to bring in another young cornerback who can play opposite Darius Slade and learn on the fly or have a veteran in front of him and, and learn from both Darius Slade and whoever that veteran may be. So it, it's a tricky situation for the Eagles this offseason in determining exactly how they view the quarterback situation. Um, you know, we were raving about Jalen Hurts, and let's face it, you know, it, without Jalen Hurts, the Eagles don't even get to the playoffs. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I still think that Jalen relies maybe a little bit too much on his legs. I think sometimes he'll flush, he'll let himself be flushed out of a pocket a little bit quicker than he could had, had he just stood back there just a fraction of a second longer to look down the field. But again, you know, you're talking about a guy um, who over the course of 17 games, 18 games, including this game, is is getting a wealth of experience in learning how to play this game at this level. Not the collegiate level, but at the professional level, which is a whole lot different. Jalen Hurts has made significant strides. Hopefully, when Sirianni formulates the playbook for 2022, it will definitely cater to the strengths of Jalen Hurts, um, and hopefully we'll see him flourish a lot more than he did this year. Well, I I think... You know, the theme throughout the season was improvements, adjustments, progress. And I just think that drafting a, a quarterback, unless it or unless it's getting someone like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, which I don't think is ever going to happen, um, it would be like starting over from square one. You know, yes, Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. had a terrible game. Uh, the entire team did. Uh, play calling was bad, too. But when you look at it, you know, we are, you mentioned youth movement. It's a young team for the most part, young coaching staff. The fact that Nick Sirianni is the only rookie head coach to make the postseason. The fact that the three of us are even sitting here mid-January, I didn't think we were going to make the postseason. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm just happy to be here. I was happy to make it uh, because I wish that game wasn't as bad as it was today. But I think losing Jalen Hurts in the offseason and getting a new quarterback, bringing someone else in would be like starting from square one. And I think we've made so much progress this season and can only get better in the offseason if we build around Jalen Hurts. You know, draft young wide receivers as well. Yeah, Devontae Smith is amazing, but other than him, he's kind of like, you know, no one else is as reliable. Why we didn't throw to him until the end of the second quarter, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's on Jalen Hurts not seeing him or the play calls or what. But um, I just think that that starting fresh with a quarterback would make this team go back to square one. It's not the answer. Real quick, Gunner, I just want to say this. Uh, to try to make people smile, Devin, to, to your point, uh, Cowboys are losing right now, 7 to nothing. Ah, I love to see it. Uh, and it appears that their defense – this is not me celebrating anybody possibly getting hurt. This is just pointing out that the defense might not be as nearly as good as they have normally been. Micah Parsons uh, was just injured on a play. Oh. Uh, a hit to the head, so I will continue to monitor that. Uh, but, yes, Cowboys bottom line losing 7-0, 848 remaining in the first quarter. You know, uh, on a number of predictions, I picked the 49ers to win this game. I didn't think Dallas could stand up to the 49ers' physicality on both sides of the football. I think the 49ers are the most physical team in the tournament right now, even more physical than Tampa Bay. 49ers just want to wear you down on both sides of the football. They want to pound you in a running game. That kid, Debo Samuels, is all world in terms of how they utilize him as a running back, uh, wildcat, wide receiver. And they're going to pound away at you. They are very strong in the trenches on both sides of the football. They're healthy this year compared to 2020. And, you know, they they, they won a hard-fought game against the Rams the last game of the season to get in the tournament. And I said once the regular season was over, I thought San Francisco was that team. Nobody would want to play right now. And right now they're taking it to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they're, they're owning the Cowboys right now up and down the field. And they're playing that physical brand of football. The Cowboys have improved significantly uh, in defense 
but they're still not on the level of the 49ers in terms of aggressiveness and physicality right now. D'Amico Ryans, how about that? Got that defense playing yeah. pretty well, doesn't he? Go yeah. figure. Uh, by the way, there, one thing did get to me throughout this week, and you, you touched on it a second ago, Gunner. Jalen Hurts and college. I have never seen – maybe it was because Alabama was in the national championship again. I don't know. But I have never seen so many questions about college play leading up to a playoff game for any quarterback. Maybe it was because it was – before it was Carson Wentz for his one playoff start. Maybe it was Nick Foles because, I don't know, with Arizona. That never really got brought up. But Jalen Hurts was basically being asked questions as if he had already played in NFL playoff games, albeit college. And look, I look, I, admittedly, I'm not the biggest college football fan in the world. I don't get all rah-rah about it. I follow what I watch. I try to evaluate players as I'm watching it. But as far as the rah-rah stuff with college football, it's just not there for me. I would have thought Jalen Hurts was a NFL playoff veteran by the line of questions he was getting so far. When you look at guys that are at Alabama or Auburn or guys like that in the big programs or Georgia now with them winning the national championship, I don't really take that too much into account because for me, it's still just, I mean, I hate, there, there I go, belittling it because it's just college. But I don't really put too much stock in the whole college thing when you're talking about NFL experience. I mean, Taylor Hurts was even asked about, and to his credit, he ignored the question. Uh, he was even asked about his high school playing days leading up to his first NFL game. Hmm. One should have nothing to do with the other. You're right. But when you play for Alabama, you're playing for a football factory. You're playing to a direct yeah. line, you know, to the pros. Um, you know, Alabama program and this year Georgia's program are a whole lot different than most college football programs. Um, and, and and I hope I hope the Eagles draft, I hope the Eagles use all three first round picks and draft players from Alabama or Georgia in this particular draft. Okay, After we can agree on that. Yeah. Play, Sure. After watching those two teams play in a national championship, and I'm looking, man, that defensive player looks good. That defensive player over there looks good. I would love to see it happen. But I understand I maybe understand a little bit why Jalen Hurts has asked certain questions. Because when you play for Alabama, you're not just playing for a college football team. You're playing for a college football team with with pro history. I mean, you look at how many kids are drafted in the first two rounds out of Alabama every year. It's like ridiculous. The number of players that come out of that college. They're playing. They're playing football with a pro mentality uh, that's second to none in, 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 uh, when it comes to comparing them to anybody in the collegiate level, you know. But you're right. One should have nothing to do with the other. But because it's Alabama, I kind of understand why Jalen Hurst has asked a certain line of questions more so had he played for another university. And to that high school question, I, I again to <laughs> praise him. Uh, we he handled that so well he was just like next question you know that's ridiculous i don't know why he was asked that but i do feel like jalen hurt's college career is brought up more often than right okay so i'm not i mean i know i'm you're not crazy nuts. No, i'm not no. totally crazy is what yeah. and by like, national media too i feel like that's you know tom brady's storyline he's the goat he's old blah 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 jalen hurts it's like his college career they mm -hmm. always like to bring that up so like I, crazy, Mark. I, I almost have to feel – I feel like I have to remind people, you know he didn't just only go to Alabama, right? Like he right. left. And right. I don't hold right. it against him. But people right. just act like, oh, my God, this guy's crimson tied through and through. Uh, but anyway, and then like, I, I – you know, every once in a while, believe it or not, guys, I assume that I'm wrong. Stay with me here. Uh, every once in a while, I'll go, you know, maybe I'm just looking at this wrong. Maybe college really doesn't matter. So I go, I, I'm going into this game with the idea that, okay, you know what? Yeah, he has played at big programs. He has played at, obviously, Oklahoma and Alabama. Maybe it'll be different, even though he's going on the road in Tampa 
and he's taking on a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Arians and Bowles and uh, Tom Brady, maybe he'll still rise above. And it no, didn't happen. Did not happen in this game. And we could go back to that Giants game, the one that they lost, and he looked terrible throughout that game. Devontae Smith being angry afterwards because the ball didn't find him towards the end of that game. And then we go up in this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we see Jalen Hurts repeat a lot, a lot of those same, same mistakes. But just from an accuracy standpoint, when he was called upon to make a play, he didn't make it. And I know you could look at the, the latter stages of this game, the garbage time of this game, which I will not. I know some people will, but I will not. And I look at the big throws that he could have made, other throws to Dallas Goddard, Quez Watkins deep, not even seeing Quez Watkins on an out route. If you didn't see this yet, later today on Twitter, go look up Dan Arlovsky's film breakdown of a Jalen Hurts miss where he didn't even look in the direction. It was a completion he made on the left side of the field where he scrambled away from a play where he had Quez Watkins streaking on an out route down the field. So for me, th those are all things that we'll be looking at and analyzing and all that. But basically in the early goings of this game, when the Eagles still had a chance to be in this, and Jalen Hurts was asked to finally make plays, make throws, as an NFL quarterback should, he was wildly inaccurate throughout this game. And that to me is more so what will be alarming going into next year. That to me is what we'll overanalyze, continue to break down throughout this offseason. And you know Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, and Nick Sirianni are going to do the same thing. As they yep. continue to go on into the offseason, they'll look at throws that he should have made in this game where he had time. The offensive line did their job, and he missed Quez Watkins sitting down in the pocket on a soft zone. Uh, he missed uh, – he sailed one on Dallas Goddard. Uh, he overthrew another throw to uh, to uh, Quez Watkins uh, in the third quarter of this game. And Deep then, down the sideline. Uh, down the sideline, and then the throw, the interception that could have been in the end zone when the defensive back fell down covering Devontae Smith. And the safety did a great job of just timing that break perfectly and then went over and picked that pass off. So those are all things that they'll look at with Jalen Hurts saying when they did look at him early in this game to try to make a play, he failed. And ultimately as a quarterback, and this is what I'll look at real quick when I go back to the quarterback position, you can be you – know, you can have a lot of problems on a football field and it can not all be the quarterback's fault, but as a quarterback you can't be a yeah. part of the problem. And he was way too much a part of the problem in the first half of this game. But Deegan, I want to get your thoughts on, because we've seen Hurts improve a lot throughout the season, I, I would say. Yes, he's had some, right. like the Giants game is an easy game to, to point to in terms of bad, overall bad games. How much can a quarterback improve things like accuracy in an offseason, right? Does it have to be, oh, no, he's not our guy. We need a new guy because he was inaccurate in a, in a few games, uh, or that's like a weakness of his versus hey let's you know work with him let's get nick and and get in specialists to work with jalen hurts and improve on that how likely is that scenario uh that's very likely and, and it better be the top of the priority uh during the offseason even the proven quarterbacks they work out with these quarterback gurus in the offseason to work on things like mechanics footwork so on and so forth accuracy uh throwing motion um you know being able to survey survey a field better those are things that a um, you know a quarterback needs to work on. Those are things Jalen Hurts definitely needs to work on. So whether the Eagles do it themselves or Jalen does it himself, uh, he should be working with one of these quarterback gurus uh, in the offseason. Jalen Hurts has a lot of potential, but he's still raw in a lot of areas. And But you can improve on some of his, his mistakes, some of his flaws in mechanics, throwing motion, um, body language. Uh, control of his body when he delivers a pass. These are all things that you can work on. So I think it should be at the Eagles' top. If the Eagles are honest with themselves, if they if they are committed 
to Jalen Hurts in 2022, it's in their best interest to have their quarterback of 2022 almost immediately start working with somebody who can look at a player and tell you, okay, this is what we're going to work on this week. This is what we're going to work on next week and a week after that. Mm-hmm. No, that, I couldn't agree with you more, Gunner. And to <coughs> add to the Dallas demise a little bit more, still waiting on word for Micah Parsons uh, as to what uh, is exactly going on with him. He was just in the blue medical tent uh, in Dallas, but right now the 49ers lead the Cowboys 10 to nothing. And mm-hmm. as I glance at that and trying to find a, an update there on Micah Parsons, <laughs> uh, you want to guess who's trending? Uh, on Twitter right now amongst Eagles fans? I'm scared. Jalen Rager. Not Jalen Hurts, not Jalen Rager. I'll tell you right now, they don't currently play for the Eagles. Well, one kind of plays for the Eagles. He's a backup quarterback. Garter Minshew, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. I can't do it, guys. I can't do it. I can't. Uh, mm. Also, breaking news. Uh, this by way of Jeff McClain's Twitter. Uh, dev- uh, excuse me, Jalen Hurts is wearing a walking boot. Oh, uh, medical boot on his left leg. Oh, so Jalen Hurts wearing a, a medical boot yeah. on his left leg. So we'll see how uh, that will develop. We'll also be talking to mm-hmm. John McMullen, uh, who'll be joining us a little bit later uh, in the show today, probably around one thirty, to give us all the goings on in the post game press conferences of Nick Sirianni. Rodney McLeod has addressed the media. Dallas Goddard has addressed the media. Uh, I'm sure Jalen Hurts is doing that right now. So we'll get that all from John McMullen, who will join the show coming up in about a half hour from Tampa. So we'll get the update right there. But I do want to tell you, you are watching the live post-game show, and we are presented by the great people of Stateside Vodka. Go for the new Surfside Iced Tea by Stateside Vodka. See the scroll below and use the code JACOB for 15% off the very popular Stateside Vodka Soda. Go to statesidevodka.com for more information. We'll be back with some more piping hot takes when it comes to this Eagles game, a little bit more reaction when it comes to something said after the game about why the Eagles played the way they did against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. More live post-game show when we return. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. 
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Welcome back, live post-game show. We're going to be joined by John McClellan coming up in about uh, 20 minutes. Uh, we look forward to about a half hour, actually. We look forward to talking to John McMullen. A lot of things happening. Uh, we mentioned before the break that uh, Jalen Hurts has a walking boot on his left leg. He is addressing the media right now, trying to explain it all. Rodney McLeod already addressed the media. He came out saying when you play a team like Tampa Bay, you play a team that has Tom Brady as a starting quarterback, you need uh, – Devin, you know what you need? A fast start. You know what the Eagles yeah. haven't done, and now the last five starts with Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback had a fast start. Hmm, maybe he should have played a little bit in the last game of the season. But you know what? I, Let's is not that go Jalen back. Hurts' fault though? I don't know. It's if the I whole offense. It's the whole offense. I blame everybody. Yeah, like, but it's also play calling. Like, I would blame it mostly on play calling, actually. <laughs> I, I, a good, I good why are you laughing at, at me? Good, why are you laughing at me? I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at Mark. I'm blaming everybody. I, I'm I'm just, everybody's under the bus, Gutter. Everybody. Tell look, at, look at Devin's getting sensitive. Gunner, why are you laughing at me? I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at Mark. <laughs> I'm blaming Sorry, everybody. I'm blaming the today. bus driver, the pilots, who, the, the pilots who flew him to Tampa. I'm blaming that everybody. That bus driver can't drive in the rain. It was raining cats and dogs down there. That bus driver was terrible. Anyway. Uh, but and, and the key word there, Gunner, was at Mark. Anyway, uh, so, man, I'm laughing. At no, but in all in all seriousness, that that is something that has evaded the Eagles over the last five starts. Is now including this playoff game with Jalen Hurts as a starting quarterback. And yeah, Devin, I totally agree. You can totally look at the coach and say, "What the heck?" However, when you look at plays like in the first quarter, the drop with Dallas Goddard against the Washington football team that kicked off his heel and should have actually been a pick six in part one of the Washington series this year. Uh, and then you watch uh, an overthrow by Jalen Hurts like you saw against the Giants in the second game. And you just see pl plays like that throughout where they average going into the playoffs. I think it was five points per first half in their last four games going into the playoffs. You think, yeah, maybe they need something to get them started. Yeah, either play calling or Jalen Hurts needs to be more accurate. Maybe Jalen Hurts has a little bit of a, I don't know, has a problem getting jump started when it comes to early in games. It seems evident if you judge the last five games now where they just haven't been able to get anything going, going into the first half against San Bay Buccaneers, 17 to nothing, and having just thrown a horrendous interception where you had the defensive back fall down, safety baits you into the throw, Devontae Smith can't you know cut back fast enough, and rightfully so. He would be superhuman if he was able to. He just made a, a really bad read, not knowing where the safety was over the top because there was over-the-top safety help, obviously. But as you continue to watch this game, you continue to try to find answers to questions that we have really been asking for the last month plus of the regular season. Why can't this team jump out quick? At least today, there's a little bit of an excuse or a, a good explanation, at least, that you were facing Todd Bowles. And Todd Bowles said, all right, you want to beat us today? Get away from the run. You're going to have to beat us with Jalen Hurts throwing the football, not Jalen Hurts running for first downs, not Jalen Hurts leading the number one rushing team in the NFL. For like, for it to come out on two separate occasions, because, Gunnar, you mentioned it once already. 
But for it to come out on another occasion where I think it was coming out of halftime, Aaron Andrews had the report saying that in talking to Todd Bowles before the game, he said, he said we're not worried about their run game. How bad does your starting quarterback have to be at throwing the football if you're not at, at all worried about them running? Oh, yeah. They, they can go ahead and try to run that football. We're going to stack the box. We know what we're doing to stop the run. Todd Bowles knows what he's doing to stop the run. We triple-dog dare you to try to air it out against this defense with that quarterback and see if you could beat us. That, to me, is really the most telling thing that I, that I will take away from this game, more so than the fun that will poke at Jalen Rager for not being able to return punts or not being able to run routes, whatever it might be, more so than Nick Sirianni and his overall play calling and not getting Devontae Smith involved in the game early. It will be the other coach, the other defensive coordinator's opinion of your starting quarterback that he thought you had no chance to win with Jalen Hurts throwing the football. So what do they do? They forced you into throwing the football, and you had no chance. 17-0 at halftime. Defense makes a couple of stops. Rager comes up with a muff punt, and then the Eagles off it. Another interception. You had an interception from uh, the, the uh, after it was about 24 to nothing. You had another interception from, uh, from uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, and you continued to struggle as the game went on because the challenge never stopped coming from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, but that's as much on the coaching staff as it is the player itself. Sure. You oh, know, that's Devontae Smith, you know, like we were saying, yeah. Right, right. You know, when, when you've had the same problems coming out of the gate sluggish for four or five, six consecutive games, even though the running running, uh, running the football is your bread and butter, you have to deviate from the norm uh, at some point to get your offense jump-started. If you go into a game knowing that everybody knows you're going to try to run the football and you just run the football, then basically it's it's a slow, methodical approach. You have to deviate from the norm at times. You know, maybe come out, throw out of your first 15 plays. You might throw 13 out of the first 15. Just to jump start and try to catch a defense off guard. Then go back to your running if you establish the run. You know, uh, after you've established the lead, I mean. But, you know, for some reason, Nick Sirianni just stayed true to what he did, what he did. And I understand why. When you looked at the defenses they were playing or look at the teams they were playing for the most part, they basically felt that no matter what happens, we do we play our game. If it starts off slow, we have enough personnel that we can overcome them because they don't have the personnel to match what we can do in the latter stages of the game. Lo and behold, most of the time it worked in their favor. But they should have known that just like I knew, I said it going into this game, playing a Todd Bowles defense is a lot different than playing some of the other top defenses you played against. And every, coaching is a fraternity. Everybody knows everybody. Nick Sirianni should have been on the phone. I'm not saying he wasn't, but he should have been on the phone calling everybody he knew who knew how Todd Bowles likes to play defense to get an opinion on what to do in terms of attacking this Tampa Bay defense. Now he came out just like we thought, trying to establish the run. They told you right off the bat what they were going to do. We are going to make you throw the football on us. You only would have to tell me two or three times if I saw that matchup and I'm thinking, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to play action. We're going to play action. You run a fly pattern this way. You run a fly pattern this way. I have two guys that can get open on fly patterns. I have Quez Watkins on one side. I have Devonta Smith on the other side. One of you two guys better be open. When I, when I step back five, six steps, pat the ball two or three times, one of you two had better be open. And they, they probably would have been, but you didn't even challenge them. You didn't challenge them. You tried to play this underneath game. You don't have the personnel when you're playing a, a defense like the 49ers to play that kind of uh, – I mean, sorry, like Tampa Bay. You don't have the personnel to play that kind of scheme. 
you've got to stretch the field as much as you can when you're trying to play a defense like Tampa Bay's. You've got to loosen them up. Did you see Tampa Bay's? The only time Tampa Bay's defense was loose was in the fourth quarter when Eagles walked down the field and scored a couple of touchdowns. Because Tampa Bay is now thinking, okay, we want to make sure nobody gets hurt. We got an even bigger game coming up next week. Go out there, play your game, but don't get hurt. And sure enough, there were holes in the running game that weren't there before. There was shoddy coverage in the pass defense that wasn't there before. And lo and behold, the Eagles tried to make it interesting, thanks to Tampa Bay calling off the dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, garbage time. It's, it's happened a lot with this team this year. Yeah. But I, I also think that's where the whole, you know, I don't want to say from the doubters, from the haters, whatever you want to call it, kind of came from before this <laughs> game where they're like, oh, well, the Eagles or Cowboys fans too, if you want to call it that. Uh, heading into this game, like, oh, yeah, you guys – you guys made it to the postseason, but you made it there by never playing an actually good team. And we talked about it on this show throughout the season. You know, eventually we're going to face an opponent who forces Jalen Hurts to throw the ball. They stop our run game. And I think today was a perfect example of what it looks like when an actually good team is able to figure out our offense and prevent us from capitalizing on our run game. Mm-hmm. I mean, in all, in all seriousness, I mean, I think a lot of people looking at this game – New Eagles fans, particularly, even people are all high on Jalen Hurts, right? That he's the franchise guy for, you know, forever, whatever. Even Eagles fans knew the way you were going to stop this team is by making Jalen Hurts beat you. I mean, you were going to live and die by the way Jalen Hurts threw the football today. And I'm just seeing by a number of people tweeting out there, he's admitting good enough. And you wouldn't expect anything else because the guy's, if anything, honest. He said after the game that this is a game that he did not play well. It's as simple as that. Regardless of how he feels, regardless of the walking boot, whatever it might be, he did not play well enough in this game. He knows that, and he said his third year now starts. It starts, excuse me, it starts tomorrow is what he said after the game today. So we'll continue to monitor that. We'll get John McMullen on the show to break that down as well. But when it comes to everything else in this game, I think anyone watching this game going into it knew how the Eagles were going to be attacked. They knew what Todd Bowles was going to do. They did it in the first game of the season, and the Eagles actually started running the football in the second half of that first game of the season in week six. But as the season went on, I didn't see leaps and bounds of improvement from Jalen Hurts. I saw steady improvement, never a giant leap. There were inconsistencies. He played great against the uh, the, the, the Denver Broncos, especially mm-hmm. particularly in the first half. They called off the dogs in the second half. A lot of people said, oh, well, look what he did in the second half. They were up. They didn't, have, they didn't need him to air it out in the second half. But then he had a huge step backwards against the Giants. And that was something that definitely alarmed me. And I wanted to see him get that going again. But you only saw the spurts from this offense. You never saw sustained success from start to finish of a football game in those last in that last month of the season. You hope you see all those corrections. But I think a lot of people going into this game said, all right, if I just take my fandom out of it for a second and I, I try to put on my Todd Bowles cap, how would I beat this team? I would I would try to beat this team by making Jalen Hurts be the guy that has to beat you by throwing the football. And they took away everything in the running lanes of the early goings of this game. Heck, in the first, what, three plays of this game, you already had more run plays by a running back than you did in the first entire first half against the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week six right, when you faced right. them on that Thursday night. They took it away, and Jalen Hurts could not handle it today. I'm not, I'm not surprised, though. I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm, I'm really not surprised. Jalen Hurts has been that quarterback the entire season. He's made some big throws, but we've also watched him miss wide-open receivers, not even look at wide-open receivers. And that, that's a part of the maturation process, learning how to, to, to go through your progressions 
a lot more fluidly. He still has not mastered that aspect of his game yet. His arm strength is another issue that he's going to have to work on. He can get stronger in the arm strength. He can get more accurate. These are all th- all tools that he has to work on this offseason. Yeah, and you know, people will say, "Well, will he work on?" Sure, he will. You know why? Because he's a consummate competitor. He grew up in a, in a football family. He knows what it takes to be successful. He's overcome trials and tribulations just to get to this point. So Jalen Hurts knows what he needs to do. The coaching staff will tell him, but he already knows what he needs to do. I pr- I expect to see a much more improved Jalen Hurts from this learning experience next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, you know his. His mentality season has been one of his greatest strengths. He's such a leader. We've seen him improve. You know, even Nick Sirianni has said Jalen is a better quarterback now than he was at the start of the season. I think that's been very clear. So I just don't think you can justify deserting him because of one bad game. What does kind of not sit right with me is the fact that, you know, we talk about his mentality, how, you know, usually he doesn't get too flustered, but we do see him flustered in these bigger games, right? Remember the first Dallas game, that Monday night football primetime game, Jalen Hurts was terrible. When we played our first division rival after that game, I think, uh, if I'm remembering our schedule correctly, it's, it was that Giants game that was absolutely terrible. And then his first playoff appearance against Tom Brady, uh, terrible. He seemed overwhelmed and flustered and played awful. So yeah. that concerns me, but also, again, He's 23 years old. This is his first season as the official QB number one for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, for any NFL team. So I I think there's room for growth there for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at a lot of people in the chat section here, you know, trashing Jalen Hurts. You know, he sucks. Get rid of him. So on and so forth. Okay, first of all, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles gave you one more game than anybody thought we would get from this team. Mm Jalen Hurts was no different today in a lot of ways than what we saw throughout the course of the season, especially the latter half of the season. The difference was he was able to overcome his deficiencies because they were playing the weak sisters of the league, you know, playing Washington twice. Uh, you know, you're playing Garrett Gilbert and, you know, Taylor Heineke is, is a, is a streaky type quarterback. You know, you weren't playing Daniel Jones. You played Mike, Mike McGlennon, Mike Glennon for the giants. You know, you look at who the jets threw out there. So Jalen Hurts and his Eagles team was able to overcome a lot of deficiencies they had by playing those teams just to put them in a position to even get in the playoffs. You know, so take 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 Ombridge in the fact that number one, your team got to the playoffs. I know you're frustrated. They were embarrassed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, but then again, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a team that's light years ahead of the Eagles right now in a number of areas, not just physical, but also the mental aspect of the game as well. Also, the, the aspect of uh, being able to see what's across from them and decipher it a lot quicker than a lot of these young Eagles players are. That's going to come with time. You know, you don't just learn that overnight. You know, even the frontline players who make the transition from college to the pros, unless you play the position of like wide receiver or you're an elite running back where all you do is you catch the ball. But when you have a quarterback making a transition, look at Trevor Lawrence. Now, Trevor Lawrence is in a bad situation down in Jacksonville. You look at Zach Wilson, the situation he's in with the Jets. You know, he got hurt. Um, You look at Justin Herbert, how he had to come from year one to year two. You look at how big of a transformation that was. Look at Joe Burrow from year one to year two. Joe Burrow didn't get to finish out what he started because he tore up his knee. You know, but look at how they struggled the first year. And look at how much better they play in a second full year. You know, Justin Herbert should have got his team in the playoffs. It didn't. 
thanks to the head coach making a dumb timeout call there, last 40 seconds of the game. But look at the way Joe Burrow played yesterday in that playoff game against the Raiders. Completely different. Now, I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm hoping Jalen Hurts gets to that point in year two of a full year of being a starter. That remains to be seen. And now we have to wait nine months to find out just how much he's improved. You know, I know a lot of people, they love to make um, – they, they love to make headlines in training camp. Boy, he made a great throw. Wow, this player made a great catch. And I'm, I'm, I'm never one to get pumped up in training camp. You know, all these writers and stuff, you know, that was an unbelievable one-handed triple somersault catch. It's in a controlled environment in training camp. You know, people like to sensationalize that stuff. When the bullets start flying the reel, that's when the real evaluation starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no more bullets than were today. In a playoff yeah, game yeah. against Todd Bowles. But it was his first playoff game, though. Exactly. Well, look, against the every, best of the best. Exactly. I'm not looking for excuses for Jalen Hurts. I don't think anyone here is no, doing no, no, that. No, no, What no. we're looking for is explanations. And, and with explanations come improvement. Okay, this is why that happened. How are you going to improve upon that? Jalen Hurts, I have zero doubts. The, the guy, I think he has a phenomenal work ethic. The last thing I'm worried about is what goes on between his ears. What mm-hmm. I want to see improve are the physical attributes on the field. Being able to make that throw, being able to process the information faster. Because as I said many times before, a lot of athletes can do the same thing. They can throw the football as hard. They can throw the football as accurate. But really what separates the good athletes from the great athletes and the great athletes from the Hall of Famers is their ability to process what's in front of them and how they exploit the weakness, how they find the weakness. Number of occasions today where Jalen Hurts, even if he did try to exploit the weakness, he had a horribly inaccurate throw that did not help the Eagles win this football game or try to try to win this football game. He had an awful misread a couple of different times in this game where he didn't read and take what the defense was, in fact, giving him. But those are all things he knows he needs to improve on. Uh, Nick Sirianni is not going anywhere after this year. It'll be up no, to him to try to no. correct those mistakes. And look, if the Eagles are sold on anybody after year one, they're sold on Nick Sirianni. And look, I don't think that this guy is Teflon by any means. I think he certainly had a lot of mistakes. We highlighted them a lot in the early goings of this show today, (laughs) talking about how you knew what the defense was going to be doing and how you didn't adjust to that until much later in the football game. You didn't get Devontae Smith involved in this game until later in the first half. That's all stuff I can look at with the coach. Sure, some of it would come down to decisions, but as a coach, you can also coach your quarterback up to say, look, this play right here, bubble screen to Devontae Smith. We'll see what he can do with it instead of Jalen Rager or even Quez Watkins who was actually doing a good job of getting open today, but his quarterback didn't find him. I look at Jalen Hurts, I see a guy that has a great work ethic. I think he'll put in the work to get better. It's about whether or not the Eagles are going to give him that opportunity <laughs> to take that giant leap forward, hopefully, next year. You know, it's, it's interesting you bring up Sirianni because he's someone who, even just earlier this season, has definitely improved. And and we I think we've all collected, and by we, I mean the three of us, but also all of Philadelphia and the fan base has certainly warmed up to Sirianni. Because uh, I remember there was a, a many moments where we were all calling for his head earlier this season, and it is interesting that after this terrible game, we're all calling not where, but a lot of people are clearly calling for Jalen Hurts's head and, and saying that he shouldn't be quarterback. When I'm not seeing too much Sirianni hate anymore, and I think that says a lot for his coaching style. But something that we need to keep in mind is Sirianni's also a rookie. This is mm-hmm. his first season as a as a head coach, so he's not game planning, you know, 100% all the time. Case in point today. Uh, many, many games, many play calls you can cite there. But he, same with Jalen Hurts, right? Like, sky's the limit. Who knows what Nick Sirianni is going to learn and get up to and plan in the offseason now that he's got his first season under his belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you know I mean, that's where I'm at, yeah. I think, I think it's surprising that as I look in the comments, I don't see as many people <clears throat> um, 
trashing Sirianni as they do Jalen Hurts. You know, because yeah, he was yeah. out strategized also. I think uh, Sirianni deserves as much of the blame as Jalen Hurts does. You know, and I'm surprised that a lot of people have focused more on Jalen Hurts more so than Sirianni. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not here to defend Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts played a bad game. Jalen Hurts has to improve. But Nick Sirianni obviously has to improve in terms of coaching strategy and identifying situations differently and adjusting on the fly. He did a great job this season of adjusting on the fly and going more so to a running game to help this team salvage this season. But when it comes to in-game strategy and big games, I think Nick Sirianni got a little too comfortable uh, playing uh, the latter half of that season because we really didn't see some of the deficiencies he may have in his coaching strategy. Mm-hmm. I think we saw that in a game like this today. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> um, with that being said, I, I'm going to ask this question. I don't think it's really even that close. Uh, but who was more impressive this year? If you, if, if, if let's say both were on the hot seat this year and you were going to evaluate between keeping Nick Sirianni or Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni to me was a thousand times more impressive than Jalen Hurts because he made the decision – about five, six games into the season it took him to realize, all right, I don't have it with Jalen Hurts in terms of winning the way a lot of teams try to win in this league, which is airing the ball out. We all know it. It's undeniable. The NFL is a passing league. It's a cliche by now because people say it so many times because it's true. But him making the adjustment to say, I don't have that guy at quarterback right now, not saying that Jalen Hurts might develop into that in the near future, maybe next year, hopefully. But he recognized it in the early goings of this season. I can't continue to throw the ball. I can't only run the ball with a running back in the first half against the Cowboys the way he did in week three and expect to win football games. He made the adjustment to give less responsibility to Jalen Hurts and rely more on his his athleticism, occasionally making the throw to win football games. So that's where I think the management, if anything, will look at this uh, season and go, Nick Sirianni, great success, great job on you. Jalen Hurts, we got a lot of work to do. Both, yes, have to improve and put in work. But when it comes to either or, I think Sirianni had the more impressive year than Jalen Hurts. Oh, there's no question. And and when I'm looking at the stats right now, one of the questions I want to ask John McMullen when he gets on is, hopefully somebody asked him is, where was Jordan Howard in this game today? Jordan Howard had no no carries. How's that possible? I had to look up the stats to see if Jordan Howard was actually active. I I thought I might have missed that he was injured or something. He had one catch for seven yards, but – you had no carries for Jordan Howard, really? Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't get that. You know, when when you you had Boston Scott, you had Gainwell, but no carries for Jordan Howard. Um, I'd like to know the answer as to why Jordan Howard didn't get more touches between the tackle, uh, between the tackles, uh, and run the football more to try to pick up to grind out a few extra yards, maybe to sustain an Eagles drive one more play, take a few more seconds off that clock for this team. I, I don't get that one at all. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get it either. By the way, uh, Cowboys just scored 13-7 to seven, five minutes ago in the second quarter right now. 13-7. to seven. 49ers still win. Micah Parsons did come back into the game. Yeah. Uh, he has uh, made a play as well. So he's out of the blue medical tent and still uh, still playing. All right. We're going to have John McMullen coming up in just a second. But let me tell you, we're exclusively presented by Ocean <laughs> Casino Resort. Get your tickets right now for Tracy Morgan live on stage July 16th at Ovation Hall at Ocean Casino. Book it now and go for the live shows. Go for the win. John McMullen will join us when we come back on Live Post Game Show.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other. With more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about. Because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Welcome back, live post-game show. John McMullen coming up in just a second, live from Tampa. And when he does join us, he'll be presented by Mesa Law and Associates. Need a tough injury lawyer? Call Mesa and Associates. Let's go now, live to Tampa Bay, and talk to our friend John McMullen. Johnny Mac, what's happening, brother? Uh, not much. How are you guys? I we're just not, great. Not very well. No, we're great. We're having a great time. This is all fun. <laughs> this is all great time. Uh, we've talked about it, uh, Sirianni. We've talked about it with uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, let's start it off with Jalen Hurts and the walking boot. Uh, was this a re-aggravation of an ankle injury? Is this something totally different? What do we know about Jalen Hurts? Yeah, it's interesting. Now, I, I, obviously, he's been dealing with the same ankle injury since the first Giants game, and that's when it started. But, you know, I, I, I do think it was aggravated a little bit today because you saw him early in the game where all of a sudden the Eagles went back and, you could argue they went back to a bad time when there was too much uh, zone read stuff, too much uh, RPOs, too many wide receiver screens, kind of the stuff we saw in the two and five start. And all, all of a sudden, 
it re- rears its ugly head uh, against a team like Tampa Bay. So I didn't understand the game plan from the beginning. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was evident that that from a running standpoint, they they went a hundred percent on Jalen Hurts, uh, and they were cautious, obviously, ever since that Giants game. So that's what Week 18 was about, and letting him sit against the Dallas Cowboys uh, to get him as healthy as possible. And I do think he was healthy as possible uh, for the kickoff. Um, but obviously the offense struggled so much early. And once you get, once you get behind against this particular team, it's not like the Washington football team. I mean, you, you know, they're not going to stop scoring. So it's not like you can say, all right, if we fix things defensively, we can calm down a bit and, and we can get back in this football game. And I think everybody started pressing a little bit and the snowball started going down the hill. And by the way, I think you can point all the way to the coin toss. I do not agree with this team. Thank you. And, Thank and you. the mentality of always defer, always defer. And I've talked about this with Nick, and he said that's his mentality, always defer. And I get why against a normal team, because you want to sandwich the second and third quarters mm. with scores. And if you do that, analytically, you're going to win 95% of those games. But this is different. When you're a run-first team against an explosive offense, what do you want to do? You want to take the ball. You want to drain the clock. You want to shorten the game. Hopefully, get some momentum. You take if you're if you're lucky enough to take the lead. You're not playing from behind. I, I just thought from the coin toss, it was bad decision make making after bad decision again and again and again. Hey, hey, John, were you surprised that uh, once Tampa Bay basically told the Eagles offense, we're putting seven, eight men in the box and we dare to beat you otherwise, that Nick Sirianni didn't identify that and maybe go outside in the passing game a little bit more because Devonta Smith and Quez Watkins were getting a lot of one-on-one coverage. Why not take a shot to try to loosen up that Tampa Bay defense and gain even more momentum? Well, I mean, that's not what this team is, uh, Derek. I get it, but you got to you got to flip isn't. the script in the playoffs. Now you're right, uh, but you also don't want to go outside. You know what got you there and what what made you successful to get to the playoffs. And this is a run first team, and they're unsuccessful when they drop back and trying to fast uh, pass the ball. And that's what happened. They're still very very unsuccessful at that. Um, now, yeah, I, you can take a shot here or there. I, I think it's unforgivable that I think Dallas Goddard caught his first pass with seven minutes left in the second quarter uh, or thereabouts. Devontae Smith was under a minute in the second quarter. That kind of stuff is unforgivable. Um, but there, there's a bunch of things to that, and, and play calling is just a part of it, the fact that, you know, let's be honest, the quarterback didn't play well. Um, they got behind, as I said, they started pressing and, you know, that's not what the Eagles are. That's not what Jalen Hurts is. He can't drop back. We've been saying this all week, 35, 40 times and, and win you a football game against Tom Brady. Uh, people want to go back to Super Bowl 52. It was never going to be that way. You're never going to give up 500 yards passing and win a game. Um, 
that's not how this team has to play right now. And Nick tried to run the ball early. And, you know, it was one of football is at the end of the day, football is very complimentary. And Tampa Bay scored on three of their first four possessions. It was 17 nothing. And really at the end of that, that last scoring drive, first it was Alec who did a nice job in coverage dropping under Rob Gronkowski. Then I had a tackle for loss from Ryan Kerrigan. Then I had a sack. All of a sudden, the defense woke up, and they played pretty well for a stretch until Jalen Rager's muff, and the offense couldn't do anything. And it, it just it was one of those days, and you add in the special teams problems with Jalen Rager. All three phases kind of failed the Eagles today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the Super Bowl champions. Maybe maybe the moment was a little bit too big for them. You know, John, you just mentioned, and we've been talking, and I'm sure it'll be a topic, you know, for the next several months here in Philadelphia of who is to blame the reason for this embarrassing loss. Um, I want to get your opinion, though. It, I know it's not just one person, one factor, coaching, what have you, but if you had to pick one factor – as to why the Eagles played so terribly today, what would it be? I, I thought I thought the plan was was bad. I really did. I, I thought the plan was bad from the coin toss forward. I, I so thought you think it didn't that's, make... that's on Nick Sirianni? Yeah, I, I you know he's the head coach. He's in charge of it. He's in charge of the game planning. He knew what he was up against. I talked to him th- about this last week. How does the opposing offense change what you do? Typically. When you're talking to offensive coaches, they're worried about, in this case, Todd Bowles and the defense. Well, when you get down 17-0, because the other side is so explosive, that changes the way you have to call things. And all of a sudden, you have to go away from what you do well. And I don't think necessarily that had to be the case. Now, probably if they don't defer, if they take the football, if they score, best case scenario, 16-play drive, they take eight minutes off the clock, they're probably still going to lose this game because Tampa's a better football team. But they're in it for a far longer period of time. They give themselves a better chance to win. Um, And you never know what happens in in a closer game Mm -hmm. as far as you know, the football going one way or another, if it's a one score game late, uh, I, I just thought it was a, a, a poor game plan. And I get what you're saying, Devin, because the quarterbacks played so poorly and I'm not trying to say the quarterback didn't play poorly, mm. but was put in a bad position. Everybody on this team knows they changed the whole philosophy of the offense after the first Tampa Bay game, because mm. they knew they were putting too much on Jalen Hurts' plate as a passer. Mm-hmm. They knew that. They shifted. They had success. And they went away from it today because of the plan. Sure. And, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, when you do boil it down, though, to the quarterback play and the missed throws, regardless of what the game plan was, Jalen certainly missed his fair share of throws today. When you look at this game just to evaluate Jalen Hurts, how much of a step backwards was this for considering his future is already in question here in Philadelphia as to whether or not he's the starting quarterback next year? Hmm. Well, I've never understood this week to week schizophrenia. 
I, I've never understood one week he's a, a 10-year franchise. He's going to be here for 10 years. The next week, he's not good enough to win with. He's not good enough to move forward with. Um, I, I didn't learn anything new about Jalen Hurts today than I knew before. He was not ready to drop back and be this type of passer and throw the football consistently to bring you back from a 17-point deficit what turned into a 31-point deficit. He's not Justin Herbert. He's not Joe Burrow as far as young quarterbacks go. He's not going to sling the ball for 500 yards. He's a very unique player. He does different things well. Um, he puts incredible stress on opposing defenses with off-schedule offense, uh, with the running game, uh, with some of the zone read stuff and the read option stuff. That's who he is as a player right now. And he's incrementally improving as a passer when you put him in good positions and, you know, if it's third and short instead of third and 15, if it's, um, you know, play action instead of dropping back where everybody in the building knows he's got to throw the football Two, by the way, other than Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard, a poor group of receivers. That is not how this team is built to win. That didn't change before the game. It didn't change after the game. It wouldn't have changed with a win. It would still be the same way. Um, it would still be the same way, win, lose, or draw, where they are with Jalen Hurts as as a quarterback, as a young quarterback who continues to improve. Hey, John, where do you want to see um, Jalen Hurts improve the most? What aspect of his game? Uh, mechanics, footwork. I think if you – especially when he when you know too often and we've talked about this a lot uh he defaults to um uh kind of flushing to the right that's what he's comfortable with instead of climbing the pocket he got incrementally better at climbing the pocket mm -hmm. this time you saw him go left with the interception uh that mike evans had he's really poor when he goes left and he doesn't set his feet. Um, and that's what happened on that particular play. Uh, so I think mechanically, uh, there's still a lot of work to be done as far as footwork. Um, and that's probably what, you know, one thing about Jalen, he's an incredibly hard worker. The Eagles are going to let him know what he has to work on. He's going to go with his private quarterback coach, Quincy Avery, in the offseason. And he's going to work really, really hard at getting better. And if that footwork starts to come together, all of a sudden the accuracy is going to get better uh, because he's going to, his lower body is going to be better underneath him to, to improve <coughs> that accuracy. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of people, I'm just reading the comments now and throughout the entire show, wanting to place the blame on Hertz, Sirianni, uh, but also I want to go back to last week. So I remember you and D gun kind of had a moment, a long moment uh, talking about Howie Roseman and I'm seeing a lot of, and it's such like a, a Philadelphia thing. I feel like it's like quarter con quarterback controversy and calling for Howie Roseman's job. Um, I personally actually don't put any blame on, on Howie Roseman. I'm okay with him. Uh, I don't know if John, your thoughts have changed on that. And if any of this loss you think falls on Howie Roseman's shoulders. 
Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the GM is not responsible uh, for a particular game. He is responsible for this roster and, and where it is and what he's done. And, and for my belief on, on, on Howie Roseman, it's, you know, it's a far larger sample size. It's, and it, it's far larger than just talent evaluation, which I, I mean, it's a big job. I talk about it all the time. I mean, here in Tampa, they don't, you know, it's an older stadium now. They don't have uh, the great new press box. So uh, many of the Eagles, uh, um, big wigs and personnel were, were seated right behind us. Andy Waddle, Catherine Raich, um, Tom Donahoe. Um, and I joked, you know, Catherine's going to go visit with Minnesota at halftime because this game's over. But when you talk about uh, – you know, Catherine Race getting an interview, uh, Brandon Brown getting an interview. These are these are some of the things. It, it's bizarre to me, and this is what I said to D. Gunn, I think, last week. You know, this organization is so well-respected in this league, and their own fan base thinks they're incompetent. It, it's a weird, it's a weird disconnect. It's a weird, it's a weird dichotomy. You know, Jeffrey Lurie, gets in trouble whether you want to go all the way back to gold standard or quarterback factory. That was Howie. Uh, Jeffrey said GM factory. I mean, they have been a GM factory. Andrew Burry was here. Joe Douglas was here. Mm -hmm. You know, Brandon Brown's getting interviews. Um, Catherine's getting interviews. Mm -hmm. um, you have Andy Waddle. You have Ian, Ian Cunningham who have been on those lists. I mean, it's just a really respected front office around the NFL. And that's Howie's job. That's part of Howie's job. So, yeah, I, I don't get that disconnect. But from where they were and where they are, this is a successful season. Hmm. I, I mean, I don't see how people think this is an unsuccessful season. I mean, people think they were going to be Tampa Bay. I don't know what to tell them. Yeah. I thought that was adorable. That came out to me later uh, that actually people picked Tampa. Um, and that's, you know, that's cute. But um, I, I thought that was ridiculous. Anyway, uh, but as far as this goes, uh, John, I, and I want to get ahead of myself here. And I, I think just for a second, I want to step away from this particular game and, and, and have something to look forward to other than the Cowboys now losing uh, 16 to 7. Uh, here's what I want to ask you. Taking away what you can from this year so far, what are the what's what are you most looking forward to going into next year with this Philadelphia Eagles team? Uh, it's interesting. I think you have to see how it shakes out as far as you know. Um, defensively, obviously, uh, Jonathan Gannon has two interviews now set up with Denver and Minnesota. I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job, although I know Eagles fans would probably like him to. Uh, to move on. Uh, they're going to have three first-round picks, so it's 15, 16, 19. It's officially locked in. Uh, that's what they're going to have. So they have a ton of cap space. There was no other team, and again, this is part of Howie's job, there was no better team set up for the offseason um, as far as draft capital, as far as cap space, as far as ability to improve their team. Um, whereas opposed to last year, because they had to take the Carson Wentz hit, the dead money hit, they they weren't able to do a lot of things. 
Now they're sort of untethered. They can do whatever they want. They can go out. If you don't believe in Jalen Hurts, they can go out and talk to insert name. If you like one of the quarterbacks in the draft, whether it's Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral, you can package together draft picks to get that player. They can go out and sign big-time free agents. We've talked about wide receiver. They can't get wide receiver right in the draft. Go sign a veteran receiver. Mm -hmm. You know, Devontae Adams is on there playing kissy-poo with Darius Slay. Maybe maybe he can do a little recruitment there and -hmm. bring the best receiver in football. I doubt it. I don't want to get people excited. but No, no, no. I need that now. I need Howie Roseman sitting across with Devontae Adams. So I understand you were playing kissy-poo with Devontae. Why not do that here in Philadelphia? Yeah. So, I, I mean, they can do they can do anything from a personnel standpoint and with the three first round picks on top of it. Um, and I think they've quickly gotten back to, to that position where they're going to be a, a desirable location for potential free agents again. OK. I like that. I like that being an attractive thing. It's something to look forward to in the offseason. Now, the, the 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 big question is, and I know you, you refer to it, I think, as schizophrenia, when it comes to whether or not Jalen Hurts is the guy for now, the future, whatever. What ultimately matters is how that front office is looking at Jalen Hurts. So how much do you think this game with Jalen Hurts and how he played weighs in on the decision as to whether or not they're going to go after Pickett or they're going to go against Corral, for instance, in this upcoming draft? I think very little. Um, I I think, and I've been saying this for at least two months, if they can get better, they'll get better. If they can't, they won't. Um, I've talked about Deshaun Watson a lot. It it certainly looks like from talking to people around the league, he and Brian Flores are trying to to clean things up from a legal standpoint. Deshaun's obviously not Brian. Um, and, And go somewhere as a package deal. Um, Russell Wilson, you know, last year, um, gave a list of five teams. He would approve a trade for, uh, trade two. the Eagles weren't on it. Maybe they will be on it now as he, as he revisits that and whether he wants to move forward. I don't think Aaron's going to play here if he leaves green Bay. So, um, I don't think they can get any of those three quarterbacks. Those three quarterbacks would be a slam dunk. Any one of them. If they could get them, yes, you do it. I don't care about the small slam. I don't care about Aaron Rodgers' age. You get them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They would be a significant upgrade. Then you talk about the draft. We got a long way to go, and the Eagles haven't even started to dive deep into Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral and anybody else. I don't get the feeling they think anybody in this quarterback draft would be that big of an upgrade over Jalen Hurts. So, again, I've been saying that this whole mentality of Jalen Hurts has one year to prove he can be the starting quarterback. Why? No, he doesn't. You get up two years. You get up three years. He'll continue to be the starter until they can find somebody better, but they're going to look for somebody better at some point unless he takes vast improvements and vast steps forward. Hey, hey John, when you sit back and, and just take a look at the entire season from start to finish, um, what do you think you'll come away with in terms of what stood out to you most about how the Eagles started, 
how they transformed themselves and how they finished? Well, I, I think the most positive part is that they transformed themselves. Yeah. We didn't, uh, the Eagles didn't hire a head coach that would just say, okay, this is what I do. Let me pound the square peg in the round hole. I don't care. We stink. We, I'm going to keep running it this way. I think that was a really, really positive sign for Nick Sirianni long-term to be a good head coach in this league. Um, I think another positive is that they beat the bad teams and people mm -hmm. say they didn't beat any good teams. Well, mm -hmm. they're not good enough to beat those teams yet from talent perspective, mm -hmm. but every team that they were better than they beat for the most part, with the exception of the one game with the giants and certainly down the stretch. And that's, that's rare in this league to have that kind of consistency to be able to, to put those games, check them off and put them in the win column uh, that you should. And that's a positive sign as well. Um, and, and then you have, you know, Jalen got asked after this game here that, um, you know, it's been six years since he's been in the same offense. Every year he's had a different coordinator, different coach, different something uh, going back to college. Um, this is the first time he'll return to the same offense. Same thing on the defensive side when you saw the improvement uh, from early in the season as the season wore on. Um, guys get used to uh, the system, and you see improvement from that area. Um, so, I, you know, it, it's a good – building block it's a good foundational piece um and they lost to the greatest quarterback of all time and the reigning super bowl champions it's not like they lost to jake Fromm and the new york giants they weren't supposed to win this game they didn't win this game you would have liked to have been it more you would have liked it to be a little bit uh more of an effort, more close. And I don't even want to look at that final box score because at one point they got so much garbage time. They, they were destroyed yep. in this game. Yep. Um, and, and don't even look at the final numbers. And that part's a disappointment because I, I do think it was, you know, too big for a lot of people and not just some of the players, but also the coaches. Hmm. That all, you know, being said, um, so I, I take it from everything that you just mentioned that you think the Eagles will keep the same core, you know, Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, maybe Jonathan Gannon won't get hired, maybe he will, I don't know. Do you foresee any massive roster changes happening throughout this offseason, or do you think they're going to actively try to keep this team that is still fairly new together and then add a few pieces rather than take some away? No, I mean, I, they want to get better at a lot of spots, a lot of spots. Mm. You're going to see a lot of change, especially on the, the defensive side of the ball from a talent perspective. They know they have to get better, uh, especially on the back seven. Um, they know they have to start getting younger, even up front. You know, Derek Barnett's going to be back, not going to be back. Uh, we'll see where Brandon Graham is, Fletcher Cox veterans brandon brooks is obviously not going to be back that's pretty evident by the way things have have shaken out they need to 
it seems like an annual tradition in Philadelphia. They need to figure out the wide receiver position. Mm. Uh, but at least they have one guy they can count on. Uh, now they got to scrap the rest of that room. Um, and let's be honest, I mean, I like Jalen Rager personally, but I, I don't know how he can move forward. And by the way, I don't know why he wants to move forward in this town. Mm-mm. Some people just need a change of scenery, mm-hmm. and maybe that can help both sides, <clears throat> not just the Eagles, but also Jalen Rager. Um, so if you have to cut him, I mean, you have to cut him. You you can't keep trotting him out there because he was a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar, part two. Yes, I, I thought of Nelly. Mark, you are muted in case you didn't know. Oh, there we go. Uh, I was about <laughs> yeah, I, By the way, I, real quick before you jump in, Mark, I, I think that's an insult to Nelson Aguilar, to be honest. Yeah. Why? Because I think Nelson was much better. He's better than Rager. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but you know what? Nelson went through a lot of the same things that, no, that, he did. that Rager yeah, he you did. Know, going through, you know? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, and I said that I said that facetiously. I would not, in all honesty, I wouldn't compare the two two separate situations. But it's just amazing. In a short amount of time, we've had two receivers on this roster who have gone through similar things. In terms, yeah, of the it's drops, amazing what yeah. a lack of confidence. I mean, because obviously, yeah, yeah. They're talented people. I I mean, you you look at them both, and one of the things that you know fans can say what they want, but it's not like. Yes, the Eagles should have drafted Justin Jefferson, but it's not like Jalen Rager was going to go in the fourth round if the Eagles didn't pick him where they picked him. He was a mm-hmm. high-level prospect by the entire NFL. Same mm-hmm. thing with Nelson Aguilar. Uh, you know, if they didn't pick him, somebody mm-hmm. else was going to pick him. In the case of Rager, um, the Eagles thought Minnesota was going to take him. They weren't. Uh then they thought the Saints were going to take him. The Saints probably would have taken him. Um, so that's the point. There's this sentiment that, oh, the Eagles are so dumb, they just make these dumb mistakes. No, these players were valued by everyone. Hmm. Now, as we know, it doesn't always hit for first-round picks, not only in this town, but in every other town. And it usually has something to do with other aspects of, of their um, skill set than 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 just athleticism or talent or things like that. In the case of Jalen Rager, in the case of Nelson Aguilar, they just have no confidence. I mean, right, it, right. it was just it's just been shaken out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, it's been a pleasure speaking with you every single week, helping us break it down uh, for the post game reactions and everything. Can't thank you enough for joining us on the show afterwards. It's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Well, I thank you all, and I appreciate it. You're the big stars. I'm just some guy. <laughs> yeah. guy yeah, John McMullen, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by the great people of Mesa Law and Associates, live from Tampa Bay. Thank you so much, John. Thank you. Absolutely. You know what? Guess what? If you want more of John, how about this? Portions of tonight's show are also sponsored by First Trust Bank. Get out the Jacob Media YouTube channel tomorrow morning. Make sure you check that out. Uh, Birds 365 with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack, First Trust Bank, the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll be back with our final game balls of the season in a moment when we return on live postgame show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. 
over the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The live postgame show is powered by IBEW Local 98. Hello, Mark Farzetta, Devin Caney, Derek Gunn with you after a very, very disappointing loss. Our final post-game show, live post-game show of the season. Devin, Derek, it has been an absolute pleasure with all you guys. Uh, hope you guys have enjoyed it as well, uh, uh, You know, aside from the unhappy ending. I'm so sad. I'm so sad that D-Gun doesn't get to give me a hard time every Sunday, sometimes Tuesday nights. Uh, I'll, I'll miss spending two hours with you guys after every Eagles game. I enjoyed it immensely getting to know Devin a little bit. Mark, you and I have a lot of history between us. Um, you know, going into this thing, um, I felt that we could have great chemistry and have a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, uh, it started out great. It got bad in a hurry I'm ter- in terms of wins and losses. And then all of a sudden it picked up <laughs> steam again. Um, and here we are, you know. Uh, man, it seemed like the t- season went by in a blur, but I enjoyed every bit of it. And uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, just maybe, we'll get a chance to do it again next season. Who knows? 
Maybe. And Degon, it looks like Mark dished us already. He's like, oh, a few minutes left in the show. I'm not yeah, really. I mean, he, he, he wanted to get an early start on the stateside vodka. I'm t- I mean, okay, Mark, you know, we I know, know you have all the bottles. You know, <laughs> he, he didn't want to share. <laughs> Mark's finally going to drink his vodka. He couldn't wait until the end of the show. He's like, all he right. Wait. He would have. He made his, no, he yeah. dropped out. Of, hey, look, he dropped out on purpose so he could take a quick squig before, so we wouldn't see him on camera. <laughs> I, I got. I got to be honest. I was just. I got really emotional, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to see people crying. I. I'm, I'm an ugly crier. I don't want you to see me cry. I'm an ugly, horrific cry. I mean, I'm not pretty to begin with. It's worse when I cry. But no, yeah, I, uh, no technical difficulty, Miss Guzzi, Miss mm-hmm. Guzzi. But uh, I, whatever you guys were saying, it was really heartfelt. I know that much. Yeah, well, we were having a moment. We were crying. We were saying how much we were going to miss you, and then you were just like, "Bye." I just did the Irish exit. That's what I did. Yeah. The Irish yeah. exit. Right? Literally, just like NML. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I'll take another beer. You guys go, go get me another drink. I'll be right here. <laughs> Gone. See you later. Um, we have our final game balls, guys. Our final game balls. Who wants the honor of going first for the final game ball? We're taking away game balls today, are we not? No. I, uh, we, we season? season. All right, go ahead. Yeah, on a positive yeah. note, Gunner, you take the yeah. first one. You want me to take the first one? By all means, sir. I'll go with Devonta Smith. Um, you know, I thought he was everything you wanted a first-round draft pick to be. Uh, I thought he showed you a lot of times why he was the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, he broke Deshaun Jackson's rookie receiving record along the way. I'm excited about his future as uh, an elite wide receiver in the National Football League. So I'm going to give it to Devonta Smith. Love it. I love the positivity. Devin? You know, I I don't know if I want to give a game ball just for this specific game because I kind of want to forget this game. Uh, But as I mentioned at the start of the show, I do want to focus on some of the positives from this entire season, things that we can take away to look forward to next season because I I am looking forward to next season. I think there's a lot of bright spots. look at just the progress that this team has made. You know, as Deacon, you mentioned, this season has been an emotional roller coaster. Woo. We hit the lowest of lows. I thought we were at rock bottom. We were talking about plants. And then we made the postseason, right? Here we are mid-January. I think Nick Sirianni shows a lot of promise as a head coach. I know he had a terrible game. I still think Jalen Hurts is our best option and shows a lot of promise and can improve. He's shown that he can improve. Uh, we have three first-round draft picks. We have free agency. We can only get better. So uh, I guess my game ball goes to the whole team, but mostly Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts for the improvements they made this season with the exception of this game. I think uh, the future is great. All right. I think uh, you guys have uh, hit a bunch of nails all on the head with uh, your game balls awarding. Uh, there's one I'm going <laughs> to mention in particular. Landon Dickerson is a guy I was not high uh, on when they drafted him. I was a little beside myself because of the injury history. I had a chance to interview him, started really rooting for this guy, and I thought he played phenomenally from the opportunities that he got throughout this season. So I go with uh, Landon Dickerson. I give him a game ball for the season in general. Uh, I close, but at least what I have to say, the last thing I want to say is Howie Roseman. You have three first round picks. Don't do the thing that a lot of people think you're going to do, which is completely blow them on the defensive backs and whatever it might be. And a wide receiver that can't play. Like just, you have three first round picks. Just, Impress us, Howie. This was a very good year for Howie Roseman. Isolated this one year. Very great year for Howie Roseman. Let's make it two years in a row for Howie Roseman. Don't mess it up. Don't mess it up, bro. That's all we're asking. Mm -hmm. That's all we're asking. Mm -hmm. 
Devin Gunner, again, just it's been a pleasure. It's been nothing but a pleasure, guys. Like always a pleasure, guys. I'll miss you. And uh, Xander, uh, Xander, I know I, Devin. I know you won't miss Gunner. You'll still be texting him to you know, know, lift no, no, your spirits up. You know, I'll never hear from her again until next season. <laughs> it's okay. I yeah. expect that. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Uh, and for everyone that participated in the chat, you guys were awesome. We kept tabs on you guys throughout the show. Make sure you guys, uh, you know, kept us steered on the right path. We appreciate that. Xander Kraus, Joe Kraus, everyone at Jacob Media. Thank you guys so much for putting this great show together. I had so much fun with everybody involved in the people at six ABC as well. Thank you for carrying us. Uh, hopefully we get another billboard next year as well. So we'll do yeah. that. Uh, everyone. Thank you so much. Hope everyone has a phenomenal year of 2022 and hopefully the Eagles will have a great off season to make us only look forward to the next season with this Eagles football team. Thanks for watching on Jacob media and six ABC.com for Devin Caney, Derek Gunn, Xander Krause, who produced the show. I'm Mark Farzetta. Have a great Rest of the football playoffs. Hopefully the Cowboys continue to lose this game to the 49ers. We'll see you guys hopefully next year. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. You know you like being right. That's why you should enroll in an Independence Blue Cross plan. It's the health plan chosen by more people than any other, with more doctors and hospitals, more benefits that really rock, more of the coverage you want for the right price, including free doctor visits 24-7. It's a choice you can feel good about, because when you're right, you're right. And when you've got Independence Blue Cross, you're right where you need to be. Call 1-844-200-2583 today to get an Independence Blue Cross plan. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The live post game show is powered by 
IBEW Local 98.